0: Welcome back to Horses in History. Thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast so far. I'm very touched by the reaction and the kind words everyone has had to say about the podcast. Today we're going to be discussing Secretariat, that legendary Triple Crown winner and one of the most famous racehorses of all time. I'm sure everyone who's in the horse industry or even is just a horse lover has heard his name. Today, March 30th, 2020, the day this podcast goes live. Is actually his 50th birthday. So it's only right to celebrate him and his role as a horse in history today. Most know his name, but not everyone knows the full story behind his career, and I personally find it extremely interesting how he came to be and how he became the great racehorse that he is. So let's dive in. Secretariat was born on March 30th, 1970 at twelve ten a.m., He was born at Meadow Farm in Doswell, Virginia, on what is described as a cold and stormy night. His mother was a mare named Something Royal. She was an 18-year-old thoroughbred mare who was foaling for the 14th time in her life. She was a daughter of Prince Quillo, a great racehorse himself who had also become a prolific sire who stood at Claiborne Farms. She had already foaled several great horses, so this foal was highly anticipated as she was one of the best mares on the farm. The sire was Bold Ruler, the leading sire in North America at the time. However, he was dying of a tumor in his nasal cavity, so this foal would be a member of one of his last foal crops, unfortunately. Bold Ruler was an amazing racehorse himself and had become an amazing sire in a relatively short period of time, and he is still well known to this day. He also stood at Claiborne Farms. The Red Colt was born into an interesting arrangement. First, he was not born into the typical Kentucky horse farm where most American racehorse royalty was born and raised. Instead, he was born on a somewhat small Virginia farm owned by Christopher Chenery. The farm at that time was in a state of change. Christopher Chenery was ill, and his daughter, Penny Chenery, then known as Penny Tweedy, had taken over the running of the stable starting in 1968. The future of the stable was uncertain given that they didn't know if her father would recover and what was going to happen upon his eventual death. The breeding of this colt was set up by Penny through a deal with Ogden Phipps, one of the richest men in the world and a large figure in horse racing. He owned Bold Ruler, as we've discussed already, the best set of the time. But he did often need new blood in the mares that he bred Bold Ruler to. He would often arrange for foal-sharing deals with other stables who owned great mares. Meadow Stable was one of these, as they had a fantastic band of brood mares. Meadow Stable made a deal to breed their two best mares to Bold Ruler for free. Then, the two parties would toss a coin, and the winner of the coin toss would pick one of the foals while the loser got the other foal. They did this agreement several times, and something royal Secretariat's mother, was almost always included as one of their best mares. In 1968, they sent something royal and another mare named Hasty Matilda, a much younger and very exciting young mare, to be bred to Bold Ruler. In 1969, they again sent something royal and another mare named Cicada to be bred. Cicada didn't catch, and that left only one foal in the 1970 group. This meant that the 1969 coin toss winner, would choose their pick of the 1969 foal crop while the loser would get the second pick foal from 1969 as well as the only 1970 foal. In the fall of 1968, the coin toss was held between Ogden Phipps and Penny Chenery. Ogden Phipps won. However, when Ogden Phipps won, he chose the 1969 foal of something royal and bold ruler, a filly that was later named the bride and who never ran a race. Chenery got the 1969 foal of hasty Matilda and bold ruler, as well as the yet unborn foal of the 1970 group, which was the Something Royal Bold Ruler cult, now known as Big Red Around the Farm. This coin toss situation features pretty heavily in the story of Secretariat, and it's one thing that the 2010 movie gets completely wrong. So it's important that we recognize the actual story of what happened and how Penny Chenery ended up with Secretariat. The Red Colt stood out very early on, even as a youngster. The manager of Meadow Stable, Howard Gentry's nephew, worked at the farm as well, and he said he was always the leader in the crowd. They called him Big Red, and he had quite a personality. He was always clowning around, getting into some sort of devilment. When Penny Chenery finally got her first look at the foal, as she actually lived in Colorado at this point in time and was not on the farm for the day-to-day, she made a one-word entry into her notebook about him and it was simply wow that fall penny and meadows longtime secretary elizabeth ham worked together to name this special red colt. the first set of names submitted to the jockey club which is the governing body of horse racing in the united states were three names scepter royal line and something special these were all rejected by the jockey club for whatever reason they submitted another set. This time it was Game of Chance, Dio Valente, which means God willing, and the third choice, Secretariat. How did they come up with Secretariat, you ask? Well, this was suggested by Elizabeth Ham, based on her previous job where she was associated with the Secretariat of the League of Nations. We all know what name was finally selected as the winner for this special red colt. He became Secretariat, and the name would eventually become Legend. Secretariat grew into a massive, powerful horse said to resemble his sire's maternal grandsire, Discovery. He stood 16 two-hands when fully grown. In photos, you can see his exceptional beauty. He was truly a sight to behold for any horse lover and horse professional. He was noted for being exceptionally well-balanced and had nearly perfect conformation and stride biomechanics. His chest was so large that he actually required a custom-made girth, and he was also noted for his large and powerful hindquarters. Later, his stride would be measured at 24 feet 11 inches, which is huge. He was also known for his appetite. During his three-year-old campaign, he ate 15 quarts of oats a day. And to keep the muscle from turning to fat from all of his eating, he had to do really fast workouts that actually would time-wise have won stakes races, but this was just how they kept him from getting chubby. Seth Hancock of Claiborne Farm once said, You want to know what Secretariat is in human terms? Just imagine the greatest athlete in the world. The absolute greatest. Now make him six foot three, the perfect height. Make him really intelligent and kind. And on top of that, make him the best looking guy that ever come down the pike. He was all of those things as a horse. Secretariat's career started under the Meadow Stable's blue and white checkered colors. It's actually interesting how meadow stables acquired their colors for their jockey silks. Chris Chennery once found the silks abandoned by another stable during the end of the Great Depression when he was just beginning his racing stable. Secretariat typically wore a blinker hood, mostly because he needed to be focused, but also because he had a tendency to run into the rail during races, so this kept him a little more straight. In January 1972, Secretariat joined the meadow stables trainer lucian lauren at hylea park for the winter secretary gained a reputation as a kind horse very likable and unruffled in crowds or by the bumping that occurs between young horses on the track he had the physique of a runner but at first was very awkward and clumsy he was frequently outpaced by more precocious stable mates and ran a quarter mile in 26 seconds compared to the 23 seconds by some of his peers Chenery recalled that while Secretariat was in his early training, Lucien once said, Your big, bold ruler colt won't show me nothing. He can't outrun a fat man. However, Secretariat made steady progress over the spring and began to show promise. Let's take a short break before we dive into Secretariat's two-year-old racing season. Secretariat's first race was on July 4, 1972, at Aqueduct Racetrack. He was made a lukewarm favorite at 3-1. to one. At the start, a horse named Quebec cut in front of the field, causing a chain reaction that resulted in Secretariat being bumped hard. According to his jockey of the day, Paul Felicio, he would have fallen if he had not been so strong of an animal. Secretariat recovered, only to run into traffic in the backstretch. In the 10th position at the top of the stretch, he closed ground rapidly and finished fourth, beaten only by a length and a quarter. In many of his subsequent races, Secretariat hung back at the start which his trainer, Lucian Lauren, later attributed to the bumping he received in his debut race. His first win came on July 15th as the 6-5 favorite. He broke poorly, but then rushed past the field on the turn to win by six lengths. On July 31st, in an allowance race at Saratoga, Felicio was replaced by Ron Turcotte, the regular jockey for Meadow Stables. Turcott had ridden the Colt in several morning workouts, but had missed his first two starts because he was recovering from a fall. Secretariat won by a commanding lead, and a great partnership between him and Jockey Turcott was born. Secretariat started six more times in 1972 and won every race on the track. Though in the Champagne Stakes, Secretariat was disqualified as the winner due to interference with another horse, though he did win on the track. Meadow Stables did have another winner in 1972. Reva Ridge won the Derby in the Belmont that year, so Secretariat was not their only star. At the end of the year, Secretariat received the Eclipse Award for American Champion two-year-old male as well as the American Horse of the Year honor. This was one of the first times a two-year-old would win such an honor, and it has only happened once since, and that was in 1997. We move then to January 1973. And we're going to go back to the people who surrounded Secretariat for a moment. Christopher Chennery, the founder of Meadow Stables, died in January 1973. The taxes on his estate forced his daughter Penny to consider selling Secretariat, though she did not want to do so. Together with Seth Hancock of Claiborne Farm, she instead managed to syndicate him, selling 32 shares worth $190,000 each for a total of $6.08 million. This was a world syndication record at the time, surpassing the previous record, which was a syndication of the horse Nijinsky for $5.44 million in 1970. Hancock later said the sale was easy, citing that Secretariat had an exceptional two-year-old performance, his breeding was impeccable, and if you just looked at him, you knew he was a heck of a horse. Chenery retained four shares in the horse, and she would have complete control over his three-year-old racing campaign. However, an agreement was formed that he would be retired at the end of the year and would not race past three. Secretariat wintered in Florida, but did not race until March 17, 1973, in the Bayshore Stakes at Aqueduct. He went off as the heavy favorite. As the trainer of one of his opponents put it, the only chance we have is if he falls down. He raced in by horses on each side, but Turcotte decided to go through a narrow gap rather than try to circle the field. He broke free and won easily, but one of the other jockeys claimed Secretariat had committed a foul by going through the narrow hole. Stewards reviewed the photos from the race and determined that Secretariat was actually on the receiving end of the bump and let the result stand. So once in his career, he lost a win because of a bump on the racetrack, but another time he was able to retain his win even with a bump on the racetrack. In the Gotham Stakes on April 7th, Lucian Lauren decided to experiment with Secretariat's running style for the first time. With no speed horses entered in the race, Secretariat was going to be allowed to set his own pace for the first time. Accordingly, Turcott hustled him from the starting gate and they led easily. Down the stretch, a horse named Champagne Charlie came running and at the 8th pole was almost even. Turcotte had to tap Secretariat once on each side with the whip, and Secretariat then drew away to win by three lengths. He ran that first three-quarters of a mile in one minute and eight seconds with three-fifths of a second and finished the one-mile race in one minute, 33 seconds, and two-fifths of a second, matching the track record. So this was the first time where Secretariat was starting to break records. His final preparatory race for the Kentucky Derby was the Wood Memorial, where he finished a surprising third to angle light, and the Santa Anita Derby winner, Sham. Lucian Loren was crushed, even though he had also trained the winner Angle Light, because Secretariat was his star. They later attributed his loss to a large abscess in his mouth, which had made him very sensitive to the bit and just overall lethargic. Before and after the race, there was also the beginning of the ill feeling between Lucian Loren and the trainer of Sham, Poncho Martin. The press also fanned this with comments of their own, The dispute was actually concerning the use of coupled entries, as Martin had entered two horses in addition to Sham, all owned by the same person. There was concern that an entry could be used tactically to gang up on another horse, meaning likely they were trying to gang up on the Great Secretariat. Martin ended up scratching the two other horses he'd originally entered because he didn't want to be perceived as tactically trying to hold down another horse, and he asked Lucian Lauren to do the same. However, he was unable to do so because Secretariat and Angle Light actually had different owners, even though they were both trained in the same barn. Because of the Wood Memorial results, Secretariat's chances in the Kentucky Derby actually started to become the subject of speculation. It had been assumed that he would be the heavy favorite until the Wood Memorial. There was some question into his stamina. They thought maybe because he was such a blocky build, more typical of a sprinter, and because Bold Ruler had a reputation as a sire of sprinters, not of stamina, that maybe he didn't have the stamina to last the longer three-year-old races. And there were also some rumors circulating that maybe he was unsound, and that was causing his problems. This brings us to the 1973 Kentucky Derby. It was on May 5th of that year, and it attracted a crowd of 134,476 people to Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. At the time, this was the largest crowd in North American racing history. The bettors did make the entry of Secretariat as 1A and Angle Light as 1B, the 3-2 favorite, with Sham at 5-2. You'll notice in pictures that Secretariat does have that unique blanket in the Kentucky Derby that says 1A, and that is because there were two horses coming out of the same training barn in this race. The Kentucky Derby start was marred when twice a prince reared in his starting stall, hitting our native, who was positioned next to him, and causing Sham to bang his head against the gate, losing two teeth in the process. Sham then broke poorly and cut himself, also bumping into Navajo. Secretariat was able to avoid all of these problems by breaking fast from post position 10. The early leader in the race was a horse named Shecky Green, and he set a reasonable pace, which then gave way to Sham around the far turn. Secretariat came charging as they entered the stretch and battled Sham down the stretch before finally pulling away to win by two and a half lengths. Our native finished eight lengths behind in third. It was in this race that he set the still standing track record of 1 minute, 59 seconds, and two-fifths of a second. When the time was reviewed, it was found that Secretariat ran each quarter-mile segment faster than the one before it. That meant that he was still accelerating in the final quarter-mile of the race, when a horse would normally be tired and slowing. Prior to this, no other horse had won the derby in less than two minutes before, and it would not be accomplished again until 2001, when Monarchos ran the race in a minute 59.97 seconds. Still not as fast as Secretariat, but still pretty quick. We move on to the 1973 Preakness Stakes. It was on May 19th, and Secretariat broke last, but then made a huge last-to-first move on the first turn. Raymond Wolf, a photographer for the Daily Racing Forum, captured Secretariat launching the move with a leaping stride through the air. This is one of the most famous photos of him, and it's also later used as a basis for the statue that stands in the Belmont Park paddock. After reaching the lead with five and a half furlongs to go, Secretariat remained unchallenged, and he won by two and a half lengths, with Sham again finishing second and our native in third. This was the first time in history that the top three finishers in the Derby and the Preakness were the same, not to mention that the distance between each horse was also the same. These were three incredible racehorses, which is obvious. Secretariat was now in position to win the Triple Crown for the first time in 25 years. The last time the Triple Crown had been won, it was by citation. Horsemen at the time had begun to wonder if any horse could win it again. Now we have moved to the 1973 Belmont Stakes. Only four horses came out to run against Secretariat on June 9th for the Belmont. It included Sham and three other horses, though they were thought to have little chance by the betters. The other horses were Twice a Prince, My Gallant, and Private Smiles. With so few horses in the race and Secretariat expected to win, no show bets were taken. Secretariat was sent off as the 1 to 10 favorite before a crowd of 69,138 people, then the second largest attendance in Belmont history. The race was televised by CBS and was watched by over 15 million households. On Race Day, the track was fast and the weather was warm and sunny, and it was set for history. Secretariat broke well from the rail and Sham rushed up beside him. The two ran the first quarter in a quick half seconds. And the next quarter in a swift two, two, three, and and a fifth seconds. I'm sorry if I'm really really bad at stating out these times. It's not my strong point. The point is, these horses were moving so fast that they were actually completing the fastest opening half mile in the history of the race. They opened 10 lengths on the rest of the field. There was wonder if the horses were going to be able to maintain this pace or if they were going to injure themselves in their breakneck run. At the six furlong mark, Sham began to tire and he would ultimately finish last. He was a great, great horse, but unfortunately he was no match for secretariat, and he was just born in the wrong year. Secretariat continued his fast pace and opened a larger and larger margin on the field between him and his challengers. His time for the mile was 1 minute, 34, and 1 fifth, which was over a second faster than the fastest Belmont mile fraction in history, which had actually been set by his sire, Bold Ruler, but Bold Ruler would later tire in his Belmont and end up finishing third. Secretariat never faltered. Turcott says later that the horse really paced himself. He is smart. I think he knew he was going one and a half miles, and I never had to push him. In the stretch, Secretariat opened a lead of almost one sixteenth of a mile on the rest of the field. At the finish, he won by 31 lengths, breaking the margin of victory record set by Triple Crown winner Count Fleet in 1943, which had been a win of 25 lengths. CBS television announcer Chick Anderson had described the horse's pace as he came around the far turn in a famous commentary. Secretariat is widening now. He is moving like a tremendous machine. Many of us who have watched a video of the race remember those famous words, and I think it's one of the best descriptions of how Secretariat ran. He truly was a tremendous machine. In this Belmont, Turcotte never used the whip. Secretariat just went that fast. Many watching the race thought it was too fast and he would tire before the wire, but he didn't. He never tired, his lead increased with every perfect stride, and his form never faltered. In the end, his only competition was the clock, and he shattered that too. The time for the race was not only a record, but it was the fastest 1.5 miles on dirt in history. 2.24 flat, breaking the record by more than 2 seconds on the track, and breaking the stakes record that had been set 16 years earlier by Gallant Man. Secretariat's Belmont is widely considered to be the greatest performance of the 20th century by a North American racehorse. Every time I watch the video of this race, it brings tears to my eyes because it's truly just a magnificent effort by an absolutely incredible animal. Secretariat became the ninth Triple Crown winner in history, the first since Citation in 1948, which had been a gap of 25 years. He was now a complete celebrity. He was on the cover of magazines and newspapers across the country, and everyone knew his name. It actually brought a great resurgence into the popularity of horse racing, which is something that I think we also saw recently with the Triple Crown win by American Pharaoh. Three weeks after his win at Belmont, Secretariat was shipped to Arlington Park for the June 30th Arlington Invitational, Mayor Richard Daly of Chicago declared that the Saturday of the race was Secretariat Day. A crowd of 41,223 people turned out to greet his arrival at the track with sustained applause. This was the largest crowd to be seen at Arlington Park in three decades. Secretariat broke poorly, but he soon went to the lead. He gathered momentum on the final turn and ended up winning the race by nine lengths. Secretariat next went to Saratoga popularly nicknamed the Graveyard of Champions, to prepare for the Whitney Stakes on August 4th, where he would face older horses for the first time. Unfortunately, it was in this race that he was beaten by a horse named Onion, a four-year-old gelding who had set the track record at six and a half furlongs in his previous start. Secretariat's stunning loss could possibly be attributed to a viral infection, which had caused a low-grade fever and diarrhea. Chenery later said, I was learning that anything could happen in horse racing, We knew he had a low-grade infection, but we thought he was strong enough to win anyway, and we were wrong. He missed the Travers, but recovered in time for the Marlboro Cup. Entries in that that race included the 1972 Turf Champion and California Stakes winner Cougar 2, the Canadian Champion Kennedy Road, the 1972 American Champion 3-year-old Colt Key to the Mint, the 1972 Kentucky and Belmont winner Reva Ridge, And the Travers winner, Annihilatum, the only other three-year-old in the race, as well as his previous conqueror, the horse Onion. Secretariat drew away to win against the older horses, setting a world record on dirt for the distance. Stablemate Reva Ridge ran second, with Cougar 3 in third and Onion in fourth. The purse for this race was $250,000, then the highest prize money offered. And this win made Secretariat the 13th thoroughbred millionaire in history. In the Woodward Stakes, he was unfortunately beaten again by an exceptional performance by a horse named prove Those who watched said that Prove-Out ran the race of his life, and it was just enough to nudge past the champion. Nine days later, Secretariat came back to win in the Man O' War Stakes, triumphantly returning to victory. The final race of his racing career came in the Canadian International Stakes on October 28, 1973. The race was chosen partly to honor Secretariat's Canadian connections, trainer Lucian Lauren and jockey Ron Turcotte. Turcotte missed the race due to a five-day suspension, so Eddie Maple got the mount. Secretariat handily won the race by six and a half lengths and ended his career on a high note. After the race, Secretariat was brought back to Aqueduct, where he was paraded with Turcot, dressed in the meadow silks before a crowd of 32,990 people for his final public appearance. Lucian Lauren said, It's a sad day, and yet it's a great day. I certainly wish he could run as a four-year-old. He's a great horse, and he loves to run. Secretariat's racing career included winning 16 of his 21 career races, with three seconds and one-third, with a total earnings of 1000000 For 1973, Secretariat was again named Horse of the Year, as well as winning Eclipse Awards as the American Champion three-year-old male horse and the American Champion male turf horse. That brings us to the end of Secretariat's exceptional career on the track, and after a short break we'll come back with his stud career. According to the syndication agreement, Secretariat retired to stud at Claiborne Farm. When he first retired, his sperm actually showed signs of immaturity, so they bred him to three non-thoroughbred mares in December 1973 to test his fertility. One of these, an Appaloosa named Leola, produced Secretariat's first foal in 1974. They named the horse First Secretary, and he was a chestnut like his sire, but had a spotted Appaloosa blanket like his dam. Secretariat's first official foal crop arrived in 1975 and consisted of 28 foals. This first crop included Canadian Bound, who at the 1976 Keeneland Sale was the first yearling to break the $1 million barrier, selling for $1.5 million. However, the horse ended up being a complete failure in racing, and for several years, the value of Secretariat's offspring declined a lot especially given the rising popularity of Northern dancers' offspring in the sales ring. Secretariat eventually sired several major stakes winners, including General Assembly, who won the 1979 Traverse Stakes and set a track record that stood for 37 years. Another was Lady Secret, the 1986 Horse of the Year. Risen Star was the 1988 Preakness and Belmont Stakes winner. Kingston Rule was the 1990 Melbourne Cup winner and broke the course record. Tenor's Way, born in 1990 to Secretariat's last crop, won the 1994 and 1995 Pacific Classic. Ultimately, Secretariat sired 663 named foals, which included 341 winners. There has been some criticism of Secretariat as a stallion, mainly because he did not produce male offspring of his own caliber, and nothing he produced came close to his greatness. However, his legacy is assured through the quality of his daughters, several of whom were excellent racers themselves, but even more who became excellent producers. In 1992, Secretariat was the leading broodmare sire in North America. Through Secretariat's daughters... We have great horses to send, such as the great stud Stormcat, the stud AP Indy, and the stud Gone West, of who the great Smarty Jones, who won the Derby and Preakness, is descended. Further, American Pharaoh and Justify, our two most recent Triple Crown winners, are both descendants of Secretariat. It was in the fall of 1989 when the Great Secretariat developed laminitis, a painful and debilitating hoof condition that often causes death in horses. When his condition failed to improve after a full month of treatment, he was humanely euthanized on October 4th at the age of 19. Secretariat was buried at Claiborne Farm, and he was given the rare honor of being buried whole. Traditionally, only the head, heart, and hooves of a winning racehorse are buried. At the time of his death... The veterinarian who performed the necropsy, Dr. Thomas Sworsick, was the head pathologist at the University of Kentucky, and he did not weigh Secretariat's heart. However, he did state, We just stood there in stunned silence. We couldn't believe it. The heart was perfect. There were no problems with it. It was just this huge engine. Later, the same doctor would perform a necropsy on Sham after his death in 1993. He did weigh Sham's heart, and it was 18 pounds. Based on the measurement of Sham's heart and the fact that Dr. Swarczyk had necropsied both horses, he estimated that Secretariat's heart probably weighed 22 pounds, which is about two and a half times the size of an average horse's heart. The average horse's heart is eight and a half pounds. This tremendous size and perfection found within Secretariat's heart does tend to contribute to why he was such a great racehorse. He was able to just pump that much more blood and that much more oxygen through his body, so he was able to just perform greater than other horses. It's also notable that Sham had an exceptionally large heart as well. He was also a fantastic horse, and it is a shame that he was unfortunately born the same year as Secretariat, because in a different year, I fully believe that Sham probably would have won the Triple Crown himself. He just got hidden in the shadow of a greater animal. Secretariat's legacy is so well known throughout the entire horse industry. He has transcended beyond just horse racing. He was inducted into the National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame in 1974. In 1994, Sports Illustrated ranked Secretariat 17th on their list of greatest sports figures of the last 40 years. In 1999, ESPN listed him 35th of the 100 Greatest North American Athletes of the 20th Century. He was the highest of three non-humans on the list, the other two also being the racehorses Man O' War and Citation. Secretariat has ranked second behind Man O' War in the Blood Horse list of top 100 racehorses of the 20th Century. He was put on a postage stamp in 1999. Over the years, Secretariat's fame has remained, and his legacy is so well known. To touch back on the people in Secretariat's life, his trainer Lucian Lauren retired in 1976, but did make a short comeback a couple years later. He was later inducted into the National Horse Racing Hall of Fame himself, and he died in 2000. Ron Turcotte was a dynamic jockey in his time. His career was unfortunately ended in 1978 following a fall from his horse, Flag of the Light Golf, at the start of a race at Belmont Park. He suffered great injuries that resulted in him becoming a paraplegic. He was inducted into the Racing Hall of Fame in 1979. He lives to this day and continues to advocate for disability programs and other jockeys. Penny Chenery remained a prominent figure in horse racing and a powerful advocate for the thoroughbred aftercare and veterinary research until her own death in 2017. In 2004, the Makers Mark Secretariat Center was dedicated to reschooling former racehorses and matching them to new homes, and it opened at Kentucky Horse Park. In 2010, Chenery developed the Secretariat Vox Populi, meaning Voice of the People Award, which is voted for by racing fans. This award is intended to acknowledge horses whose popularity and racing excellence best resounded with the American public and gained recognition for horse racing. This is a hallmark to the popularity that Secretariat brought to the sport during his own racing career. The first honoree in 2010 was the Great Mare Zenyatta, a fan favorite as well as that year's Horse of the Year. Zenyatta is one of the most popular racehorses in recent memory, and she's one of my personal favorites. The Secretariat Stakes was created in 1974 to honor his appearance at Arlington Park in 1973. In 2010, a Disney live-action film called Secretariat was released following the racing career of Secretariat. I think it's a good retelling of his story, and it's very entertaining, and as horse movies go, they do a pretty good job. You know, it has its overly dramatic moments that might make a horse professional roll their eyes, but overall, it's a really good movie, and it does bring some really good attention to this amazing racehorse. You can find statues of Secretariat in Belmont Park, the National Racing Hall of Fame, Kentucky Horse Park, in Turcotte's hometown, and at Keeneland Park. So that wraps up most of the story of Secretariat. I do want to share a little personal anecdote. When my mom was in college, she traveled to Claiborne Farm, and while on a tour, they stopped in front of the paddock of this big, beautiful red racehorse. My mom didn't realize at that point that she was standing in front of Secretariat, and she commented on the beautiful long tail that this horse had. So the man giving the tour reached out, yanked a hunk of hair out of this horse's tail, and handed it to her and said, here, this will probably be worth some money later on as it's a piece of hair from the great secretariat. My mom was amazed, but unfortunately over the years and a few moves, she did end up losing that little piece of hair. However, I think it makes for a really, really fun story. So happy 50th birthday, to one of the greatest of all time, a horse who has loomed large in the minds of all equestrians for half a century now, a horse whose records still stand and may never be broken. One thing is certain, there will never be another horse quite like Secretariat, and we were blessed to have had him in the horse industry. For my research, I referenced two main books for this podcast, the first being Secretariat by William Knack, and the second being The Horse That God Built Lawrence Scanlon. I think these are both excellent reads. I found them very entertaining and interesting, and a great overview of this horse's life. I also do suggest the Disney movie. It's very entertaining, it's very family friendly. You can also find videos of Secretariat's Triple Crown races on YouTube. His Belmont to this day brings tears to my eyes every time I watch. He's just that magnificent in motion. So check those out if you want to hear a little bit more about Secretariat and see him in action. I'm also going to post a couple of my favorite pictures of Secretariat on the Instagram for this podcast, which is at Horses in History, so I urge you to go follow along there for some behind the scenes and information about upcoming podcasts. So, thank you all so much for listening and joining me in celebrating the 50th birthday of this phenomenal racehorse, Secretariat, and I hope you tune back in for our next episode. Thanks!